Hello, this is Andy Cates, CEO Economist at Haver Analytics, and many thanks for tuning in to this latest edition of our weekly podcast. The mood in financial markets has remained fairly upbeat over the past few days, partly thanks to some stronger-than-expected U.S. corporate earnings reports. Uh, Last week's weaker-than-expected inflation data uh, have also continued to lift hopes that a hard-landing scenario for the U.S. economy can be avoided. But as we illustrate in our charts of the week publication, uh, the incoming data from elsewhere has not been as auspicious. China's latest data flow have, in particular, been far more downbeat. GDP growth in the second quarter of this year, specifically of 0.8%, compared with the previous quarter, was shy of expectations, with the accompanying news from June's retail sales data suggesting that flagging consumer spending is probably a key reason for this. Property sector investment, in the meantime, is also still sinking, a symptom of excess capacity that's engulfing the housing market uh, and possibly the broader economy as well. That excess capacity issue could certainly be a key reason why looser monetary policy is not yet generating any traction for credit growth uh, or indeed for China's broader inflation arithmetic. Another noteworthy message from this week's global data flow concerned a welcome downside surprise to the UK's inflation numbers. As we note, however, from another chart in this week's publication, progress toward inflation normalisation remains painfully slow, in part due to persistent price pressures in the service sector. A couple of additional charts to flag for those with a longer-term disposition include some evidence that flies against the deglobalization narrative that's been doing the rounds in recent months, an eye-opening chart on refugee numbers in high-income economies may be worth a look as well. In the week ahead, the focus will be very firmly and very squarely on the world's major central banks, with the Fed due to meet next Wednesday. We then have an ECB meeting on Thursday, followed by the Bank of Japan, the BOJ, on Friday. Both the Fed and the ECB are, for the record, expected to enact a 25 basis points increase in their respective policy rates, though there are non-negligible probabilities of a larger 50 basis points hike. The BOJ, meanwhile, is expected to leave policy rates unchanged, but with a non-negligible probability of a 25 basis points hike, or alternatively some modest adjustments in its yield curve control policy. Any deviation from this consensus almost by definition will yield a market response, not least given the more dovish take on inflation matters that's taken hold in markets over the last couple of weeks. As for data, the the key highlights on the growth side of the equation will probably be the flash PMIs for July, which are due on Monday from the US, Europe and Japan. Otherwise, inflation releases would be taking centre stage, specifically in the form of the Q2 CPI report from Australia on Wednesday, the PCE data and Q2 employment cost index data from the US, which are due on Thursday. And though France, Germany and Spain are also due to release preliminary CPI data toward the end of next week. Finally, with regard to our service, I know that we've added some US nominal GDP data by Micropolitan Statistical Area for over 500 areas to our GDP MSA database. We've added a regional breakdown of the Seymour Financial Resilience Index to our Canada R database. 
Uh, and we, we've now included the new ex-food and energy CPI projections from the ECB to our EU surveys database. If you have any questions about these or the generic content of this podcast, please get in touch with me or one of our sales representatives. Otherwise, have a great week ahead.